1: Sick with it. She wasn't the bottom last judgment. My own sweet child didn't seem to I recognize if we
0: wanna be defeated, I don't wanna be defeated, I don't wanna be defeated, I don't wanna be defeated Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host Shane told speaks to other front men, or in this case front women, of professional rock and roll bands. Greetings from Singapore. That's right. After about twenty-four hours of travel, actually I think it was further, because I drove through this insane snowstorm from Windsor, Ontario to Toronto. It was like it was supposed to take like three hours and change. And it was the worst snowstorm ever. About six hours in the car, like, you know, hands at two and ten, clenching the wheel, hoping that we don't die. Uh, Yeah, it was not great. Not a great experience. But I'll tell you, man, being here now, beautiful weather outside, palm trees. I love Singapore. I'm so excited to be back here. What am I doing here? Well, it's a bit of a vacation, but also I am performing at one of... My Sinners Weddings Gonna be very cool I'm playing a bunch of Silverstein songs And some cover songs And uh, it's gonna be my first Chinese wedding I am very, very excited about that And uh, shout out to Mr. Rainer Ho And congratulations on the wedding Very happy I could be here Also, if you're listening to this And you happen to be in Singapore Tonight, I will be at Emo Night Singapore DJing and also playing a bit of an acoustic set as well So yes, I'm excited and I love this. And I am still taking time out of my vacation to record this intro for you and put together this podcast today. We have a great episode with a guest a little more under the radar. You might not know everything that she's up to, but let me tell you, Lauren Babich has one of the greatest voices in the scene, one of the greatest screams in the scene as well. And yes, she is a woman, but don't let that don't let that deter you, any aspiring female screamers out there, because she is ferocious. Absolutely incredible. So it was so nice to talk to her about her project Crazy88, which is a bit of a super group Featuring Jared Alonji, everyone, you know, uh, YouTube's own, comedy's own, Jared Alonji, who I also did a bonus episode with. If you're a member of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, you know all about that. And also, the band features Patty Walters of As It Is, big, big, big friend of the show. He plays bass in the band. So, a very, very cool project. They have a new record out now it is very 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 underrated. It is a 14 track record full of bangers. I'm going to play one later. Yeah. So that is what we have in store on this fine Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. I don't know, man. It's it's like Wednesday here or some shit. I don't know. I'm in the future, baby. Future's great. Don't worry. It's awesome. All right. Well, hey, um before we get into that, got to give a big shout out to our sponsor Rockabilia once again for just being the biggest sweethearts ever. Thank you, Frankie, once again. Make sure you check them out, rockabilia.com. Use promo code PC to save ten percent off your entire order today. Uh, what else? You want to get in touch with me? Please do that. Email me, leadsinger syndrome at gmail.com. Follow us on social media if you got suggestions for guests or anything at all, feel free to hit me up. That's right. So I'm on vacation. I'm taking a little time off. But I am doing, you know, some thinking, some focusing on the podcast and everything. So any suggestions that you may have. uh, 2019, it's going to be a big year. It's going to be a big year for me. It's going to be a big year for you. Already, we're, what, a month and a half in. uh, And it's killing it. It's just so good. Also, I want to thank everybody that sent me birthday presents. Oh, my God. I, I got some really cool stuff. I got a record player. That was awesome. I got a couple cool cookbooks. Um, it was just really, really great. I also got a barbecue. That was probably that was probably the sweetest thing. <laughs> Gonna need that this summer. Don't need it yet. Anyway, hey, let's get into this week's episode and my conversation with Lauren Babich of Crazy88 and Red Handed Denial.
1: I make it a it's right is right, but here tonight you will lie. Six feet under.
0: Hello. Hello, Lauren. Hey,
2: Shane. How are you? Hey.
0: Really well. How are you? I'm great. Awesome.
2: I'm good. Can you hear me okay?
0: Oh, yeah. You sound great.
2: Awesome. I'm kind of setting up, like, a, a better microphone for this so you get decent audio.
0: <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Sometimes it can be, uh, the struggle could be very real. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, over on my end. It's it's okay, though. You know, it's, it's not so much the sound I find, usually. It's like... Uh, it's just when the connection like keeps dropping, if somebody's on like a bad Wi-Fi connection or whatever, yeah. and then oh my God, sometimes it's like we have to start like restart the call, you know, like 10, 15 times during the Oh My gosh. I know it's awful. but you sound great.
2: Okay, hopefully, I won't have any dropouts. All good. I mean, yeah, okay, let me know.
0: <laughs> no, no, this is great. So I'm here with Lauren Babbage of, oh my God, so many things. Uh, and there's so much going on right now. You must be, uh, very busy.
2: I am very overwhelmed with everything that's going on, but it's been amazing. I, I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Yeah. It's, it seems like, you know, uh, you know, when it, when it pains, it roars, you know, um, (laughs) it seems like all of a sudden out of nowhere, you've got this crazy 88 thing coming out. Red hand in denial as is, is, I mean has a new a new single now out It's constantly doing stuff your YouTube channel is like popping off bigger than it's ever been it's just like crazy right it's like can't we just you know spread this stuff out a little bit more
2: <laughs> I know it it kind of worked out that way and after the crazy 88 record kind of got pushed back and pushed back
0: yeah right uh,
2: yeah and you know it it, the cards kind of fell, how they fell, and and the red-handed record kind of got pushed back as well due to just production issues and and all that kind of thing. And those things were out of our control too. So we were we were kind of at that point where we're like, how long do we wait after the the Crazy '88 record to put this thing out? And we were just like, let's keep the momentum going.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's hard, right? It's it's hard to know what to do, you know, because then obviously if you put everything out, you know, in one, let's say three month period, then it's like, okay, well then what do we do for the next like <laughs> two years uh, or whatever? I, I, mean, I mean, these days everything's changed so much and, and I love to talk to you about that kind of thing too sometime for over sure. the course of this call because, uh, because the music industry has changed and you are like living proof of that, you know, it's that so you true. don't need to do things indefinitely in a traditional fashion, which is, you know, make a demo tape and then wait for Sony to call. You know, I know what I mean? It, like that just does, that is so, it's it's laughable now to think that that's the way people existed for
2: decades. I know. And I think the internet is just the cause of all this. Cause oh, I sure. think like this whole thing about instant gratification and and people wanting more and more and more. And it's so difficult to to just look back and say, wow, I've done a lot and, and let's just ride this wave. But people just keep demanding more and more. And, and then you kind of get in this, in this groove where you just want to do more and more. And I think that's what's happening. And it's been great so far. So I can't really complain.
0: No, I mean, it favors people that have great work ethics. See, I don't have a very good work ethic at all. I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm pretty bad. So for me, it's like, okay, I'll put out a record every 2 years. Like I write like I write like 4 songs an album, so I write like 2 songs a year. So I'm really slow, you know, with stuff like that, but then right, like these days what you're talking about, there's so much to be expected. It's like, okay, when's the new single? There's going to be a new single like you haven't put out a single in like a month. Where's the new single? Or you haven't updated your YouTube channel like in
2: oh my a gosh. week
0: or something. What's going on? Where are you? Are you okay? You know, I feel like
2: my, my YouTube's really bad. Like I'll, I'll admit it. Like I'm not, it's tough because I've, I'm, I'm kind of on in this gray area of like YouTuber, but also in a bunch of like bands and original projects. So right. it's been really tough to, to commit fully to YouTube, so I, I've kind of been using it as something to to just throw up covers once in a while if I have time. But I've I've pretty much just dedicated things to to the original music and and totally. the bands.
0: And, and I hear that a lot, you know. Patty Walters, your you know your bandmate and uh, yeah. good friend of mine, who's been on the show twice. You know he was a YouTuber, and he pretty yep. much just quit cold turkey and dropped the whole thing and you know to to start as it is and obviously that's been very successful for him and your other bandmate Jared Alonji, he is also like he was kind of trying to ride that YouTube also you know doing music uh seriously or well sort of not seriously, but regardless <laughs> uh, outside of the youtube you know um uh, uh structure. And now he's pretty much dropped that. And that's kind of where you find yourself. But my question to you is, how come so many people don't think they can do both? Why do you have to kind of pick one or the other?
2: I think it's just the creative reservoir that we have, at least for me. like I find I don't want to spread myself too thin and kind of sacrifice any quality that might come from just trying to do everything. So I've been kind of working on not stressing myself out and not putting out something because I feel like I have to, but it's more so if I feel like doing it and if it, if I feel that it's really good, then I'll absolutely do it. But as far as YouTube goes, like I, from my experience and, and I've seen success from it, I, I sure. find the quality is better than the quantity, at least for me.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a great, you know, a great mantra there. Um, absolutely. So um, so thanks again for for taking the time to do this and to talk to me. And um, I always love to talk to people that are from Toronto area because uh, <laughs> yeah. that's where I grew up as well. So uh, why don't we start there? I'd love to know more about, you know, kind of your background and... and I know you've like you've you're a bat- you got a bachelor of education like you're you're actually do, yeah. educated, you know, um <laughs> you know things, you're smart. I
2: know stuff. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, stuff and things. Hopefully. And, and uh, yeah, just I always I always think it's great to hear um to hear everybody's story of where they came from, but especially when it's somebody that's, you know, grew up in my own backyard, uh you know, for me it's even more interesting.
2: Yeah, so I was born in Toronto at, you know, Toronto General and I I grew up in the Italian area at Saint Clair and Dufferin,
1: so oh, yeah? okay,
2: yeah, I lived there till I was five years old, and my parents kind of put me in in piano at the Royal Conservatory, so we would kind of TTC there every Saturday when I was like two years old, because they knew you know, oh, my daughter's banging on pots and pans. I should probably (laughs) put her in music. So, um, yeah, we would, we would go to this conservatory every Saturday and then I got into piano and we kind of moved to the suburbs in like York region on my fifth birthday, actually. Oh, um, to Aurora. That's not a great birthday. No, it wasn't a great birthday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To Aurora. Okay. Aurora. All right. Yeah.
2: Aurora slash new market. So I, I, spent the majority of my life there. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was at least musically really weird because I think my parents wanted me to do it as a hobby. And I secretly knew that I didn't want it to be a hobby. So I guess the majority of, of my childhood was kind of Fighting with myself right. of what I wanted to do, and and trying to make everyone around me happy, and you know, so I I did go to school. I went to U of T in Toronto for my bachelor's, and like I guess throughout my twenties, like my my late teens and my twenties, I was just, I was just constantly fighting with myself, like what do I want to do, and and my parents kind of weren't really supportive of the music thing. And I don't think they are to this day. (laughs) Like they kind of constantly remind me like, okay, like, you, you know, you're making this metal music. Is it going to allow you to, to make a career and and make money? So I think they're kind of still worried about it.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, and what you, what you do, I mean, we're not going to gloss over your, your talent and your skills, especially with, in terms of screaming um I mean you're you're one of the greatest screamers I think that's out there and you also happen to be a woman. So, you know, put the you put those things together and I I can understand where uh it's not like from your parents' perspective, you know, it isn't something that's like, "Oh yeah, you know, um my daughter does this music" and then it's like, "Oh, can I hear it?" and you're like full on no you know screaming <laughs> like that might not be something you know your mom is necessarily I don't want to say she isn't proud of you or whatever but you know to bring that up when she's having a, like a tea date with her friend uh yeah. you know or whatever um I could definitely see your parents really not getting it
2: yeah and they absolutely I, I I truly don't think my mom does like she tells me like what is going on here like I have no idea because I like my parents like I've I grew up um, like I'm an I'm Italian, so my grandparents are Italian immigrants. So we have a, a quite a, a traditional Italian family, which makes things a little more difficult, I think. Um, I would yeah, with your just, with your last
0: yeah. name being Babich, I thought maybe you were like Croatian or am, Serbian or something. Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, so the last name comes from my grandfather um, on my dad's side, obviously, uh, right. and and he's from Croatia. So I'm kind of quarter Croatian, three quarters Italian, uh-huh. but the, yep. the, the Italian culture is kind of what my family has been totally. all about. Totally. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a difficult thing <laughs> with my family. So,
0: so w- when you were growing up, what was it like? That you, I mean, you know I understand you have, you talk about your parents and your grandparents. Did you have brothers and sisters? Like who did one you live sister. with? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I have one sister. Um, she's a lot younger than me. She is, eight years younger than me. So she's turning, she's turning 20 and she's, she's like literally the smartest person I've ever met. Like she's, she's like the best. She's probably going to be like some doctor and cure cancer or something. Like she's that smart. And I think that was also like a big contrast in my family. Cause I was always kind of the, the black sheep, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was like the emo kid Right. <laughs> and right. and my parents are just like, are you like, what's going on? Like, are you OK? And, you know, I would I would kind of bottle myself up. And, you know, my sister was a big contrast of that. Like I I find her to be quite normal, like c- kind of normal, you know, <laughs> so it, <laughs> it was it was just an interesting contrast. No, um, no, totally. Family dynamic. Totally.
0: So uh, you say you were like an emo kid. So in high school, I mean, obviously, if you ended up going to U of T, University of Toronto, which is a very good school, you must have done pretty well in, in high school and stuff. Um, so, so, yeah, what what, were, what was it like for you kind of with your, your high school group of friends or whatever? What did you guys get up to? And, and then obviously, that's usually the age when people start, you know, singing in bands, forming bands and mm-hmm. all that, too. So how did so, that all happen?
2: Yeah, like my group of friends, like I kind of hung out with them since elementary school and we kind of grew up together. And we we were kind of the group that listened to like, you know, the the cool scene music at the time, like um, Panic at the disco, taking back Sunday, like that kind of thing. Kyotos was a big one yeah, for us. <laughs>
1: sure.
2: So, you know, like we were that group and and I just I just wanted to be in it at all times. Like I would go to shows, local shows. Um, some like ska was pretty big at that time. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're in
0: Canada. Skas will always be pretty big in Canada for some reason.
2: I know. Like, you know, like the John stones, the flatliners, like those are, yeah. those were bands that like we loved and we, we loved ska so much that we started, a, like we started a ska band. So, um, I, I played trumpet in high school. Oh, cool. And, yeah, so it was it was like six of us or something, and the band was named Dinosaur Roar. <laughs>
1: Dinosaur we, uh, Roar.
2: I know it's just it's not that bad. That's
0: pretty good it's for, not for a horrible. ska band. I like. I think that's pretty good.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah, and we played like a few, you know, showcases, and we we right. did terribly. And the boys <laughs> wouldn't let me sing, and I really wanted to sing, but you know, they were just like, I really think that, you know the guys should sing and i was like okay i'll play trumpet for now so that was that was like kind of my first taste of being in a band and i was 16 i think i was 16 and um that that didn't last very long cuz i didn't want to be stuck playing trumpet
0: <laughs> right right so so you knew you were a front woman at that point
2: i think so i think i wanted to to be the front the front woman front person or whatever
0: <laughs> yeah whatever we're supposed to say
2: so it was it was a a really interesting time so I was like battling with my parents of like why are you in a band and and I was just like I'm in a band but I don't want to be in a ska band and I want to sing but I don't have the proper group or the proper people <laughs> to help me so it like that really came together when I was in university like I met the guys in Red Handed yeah And we're not the same lineup that we were in, you know, 2009, but that was like my, my first true taste of exactly what I wanted. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. With singing too. I mean, this whole time that you were playing trumpet, not really doing what you wanted to, I assume you were in your bedroom learning your craft of how to sing or how to scream. I don't think it just, you just could do that. There's some no, work that you put not. in, right?
2: Oh yeah like I would I think I think I really knew that I wanted to like sing slash scream in a in a metal band when I was listening to like under Oath, um the used like Bert McCracken's a huge influence for me um so I would listen to kind of those albums and and I would try and mimic them so right. And of course, when I was alone, because I was super shy, I, <laughs> I was like, I couldn't imagine anyone hearing me right now. Like I'm mortified. I sound awful. So I, I kind of did all these things in in the privacy of myself and, and you know, when I'm in the car or whatever,
0: exactly. Yeah. Just
2: kind of singing along to my favorite vocalist.
0: The car was always my place to practice too. Cause I yeah. knew, cause I knew nobody could hear when I'm screeching <laughs> and doing, making terrible sounds. Absolutely.
2: And then like stop at a red light to make sure that no one was watching <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> so that's all it was for you learning. Like, t- cause I mean, your screams are, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play a song later and I'll I'm play some clips throughout the show, but, you know, uh, people will hear you if they haven't already, but your screams are like monstrous. <laughs> Thank you. You know, you. and uh, I mean, that must have been a lot of trial and error. Or did you also, you know, you talk about the internet. I mean, you're you're from a generation that actually had YouTube videos where maybe you could figure yeah. some stuff out that way. Because I didn't have that, you know, when I was learning to scream.
2: Yeah, so it, I guess it was a combination of both. Like I would, I would just see what didn't hurt me. <laughs> and then just go with that. And then once I had that down, I would kind of hone the the tone and the coloring that that I wanted. And that took a long time. Like for me, I, th- I would say it took about two years to really get the screams exactly how I wanted and, and to get those like diverse pitches that I really right. wanted. And it was a lot of it was trial and error. And a lot of it was like, Ow, I've hurt myself. I need to wait like a week
0: yeah. to heal
2: and and then start again. So it was it took a long time for me.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It can be scary, too, sometimes when you lose your voice and like you're like, is it ever going to be the same again? Yeah. You know, but hearing you sing, I mean, your singing voice is, is incredible and very clean sounding, too, which is kind of cool. You know, uh, difference between the way you scream and the way you sing. Um, So I guess you're doing something right.
2: I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, I haven't I mean, knock on wood, like I haven't really lost my voice in a really long time. And it it would be scary on those days when when it's like, oh, my God, what happened? And it can really get in your head. And and that's like for me, the majority of what singing is like, it's all like a mental game cuz like as soon as you lose that confidence it takes even longer to get like your mental state back and i don't know if you feel that way too like it it oh, yeah, most absolutely. of it's like a mental game yeah
0: well that's the thing when when you're on when you're on tour and you know you and you you like you've lost your voice or you're sick or anything right like there's nothing you just feel like the biggest piece of shit. You just feel completely oh, yeah. useless because you have one job. The only reason you're there <laughs> is to sing, and you just can't do that. I know, you know, and it's
2: like you feel so naked, and it's like what you do is literally just you. Yeah. And when when you can't do that, it it really sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. It well, sucks. you know, you're you're always better. You're always better than you think you are, too. You know, exactly. I think like you're always because I mean. I think anybody that's you know a, a professional musician at all is you have to be your own worst critic you know what I mean you you have to be hard on yourself to you know to be able to improve you know so I, th- I think that's definitely true um, but yeah there's there's been times I've I've had them you know even recently where it's like oh my god I just like I'm not gonna hit that note I can't hit that note you know uh, today and and I just hate I hate myself because of it you know and it's like well, what we're doing with our voices, it's not really natural, especially no. six, you know, six days a week or sometimes like whatever you have to do in a row. I think I think we did like on the last tour, we did like 12, yeah, 12 you out of 13 days with shows. Yeah, we just yeah, we just got back about a week ago. So,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So so it's crazy. Um, speaking of touring um, with, you know, with Crazy 88, this is a band that has you know, you're busy, but I mean, Patty Walters is a super busy guy, too, with what he's got going on with As oh, It yeah. Is and, a, you know, a new record that just came out, what, like six months ago. And Jared Alonji always busy with things, too. Uh, are, are you guys going to be doing some touring, some shows? What's, what's the plan there?
2: Um. So we knew <laughs> we knew going into it that it would be really difficult because obviously, like, Patty tours tons. Like, I just saw him on Monday. Like this past week because they came through Toronto, so oh, we they? hung out. Yeah, they did, and um, he, he tours so much, so I think he's he's like our main person that we have to kind of book around. But yeah. it'll happen. Like it, it's just a matter of when, not if. And yeah. um, I know that we have space in the summer, so I I really hope we can play our first mm-hmm. show. Like we we always kind of joke like. What if our first show is like completely huge and (laughs) at like some massive festival and it's like totally unfair, but I'm like, I'm kind of like stoked about it, but I'm also nervous because like we could be like, we've never even practiced together. So it's, it's like, we could be the worst band in the world. We could be. <laughs> I mean,
0: I guess. I, it's, yeah. I mean, I guess we should back up for a second and talk about talk about this. Yeah. So 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 crazy. Idiot, This this band was formed. Um, I obviously, I think everybody listening to this knows who the members are and, and you know what you guys are trying to do. But I have no idea how it came together. Uh, oh. Okay. There's got to be an interesting story there of how you all know each other. I assume it might have to do with YouTube. Um, but but how did it all come together and. Um, and how did the conversation come that's like okay yeah we're like really doing this
2: okay so to back it up like even further i know that jared and patty had worked together on youtube on like sunrise skater kid stuff so right. i i'm pretty sure patty was supposed to be the vocalist of of jared's parody band but as it is kind of blew up so he had to commit to that so they they have a demo Floating around YouTube somewhere, Patty is the vocalist, and and it's like pop punk pizza party or something. I
1: think that's what it's called. <laughs> right, right.
2: So they knew each other a long time ago. Like they've they've been friends for a long time. Um, I've known Patty from his YouTube days. So kind of when he was doing covers and vlogs, um, we were supposed to do a cover a long time ago, but I don't. I think it was at that point where he was about to leave YouTube. Right. So. Um, yeah, I've known Patty for a long time. So I, I actually didn't know Jared um, prior to Crazy 88 personally. Like I've watched his videos. I don't know who hasn't watched his videos because like they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it kind of all started with an email and he emailed me um, really late 2016, I think it was. And he was just – it was a really long, like, very professional email. Um, (laughs) And he was just saying, like, I want to start this project that's serious and not a parody. And I've been, like, you know, watching your videos for a long time. And he said, like, you're the only vocalist that I would really want in this project. So, like – Wow. And this was all in one email. And I was just reading it. I was like, is this real? Like – is this actually real? So I I kind of did my background checks and made sure it was like actually Jared. and it was, because you know <laughs> the internet's crazy. Sure, so I um, guess,
0: yeah, you never know, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. So he was like, I want to start this band that makes songs that revolve around music or revolves around movies and kind of conceptually. Draws its inspiration from movies, and I'm I'm all about that. Like, I was immediately like, "Yes, let's do it." Um, yeah. So we we kind of started Crazy Eighty Eight with um, a covers EP and then an original EP. So it was two four song EPs in 2017, um, and by the by the time. We released those two EPs, Jared and I, and Patty wasn't in the band at that time. Um, Jared and I had actually never spoken verbally to each other.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So it was all just texting and...
2: Yeah. Like two EPs that came together without (laughs) ever like no phone calls, no Skype, just text messages and Facebook messages.
0: See, a lot, so a lot of people are probably like, I, I understand how that's possible to make music that way, but a lot of people are like, what do you mean? Like, how do you record a project when you like have never physically like met or, or physically yeah. together? So how did you actually do that? Like you were, you were just recording your own vocals based on music that he was sending you?
2: Yeah. So he, he would send me the instrumental and like the lyrics for the covers and he would, he would have a rough idea of like what what the vision was and I would track everything at my home studio and it would, it would kind of be like a, we would just bounce everything back. Like I would send him the stems and he would uh, come back to me with like a couple edits or whatever. Like, and then it would just, it just came together and it was so weird (laughs) (laughs) because like I'm so used to doing music with like like at least with Red Handed like everything is is together like in person you know you jam you you do the thing and and this was so different like collaborations on YouTube kind of happen very similarly but to make original music was a whole other thing and it's kind of like the postal service actually like they they did like Mailing thing So That's why the EP's called No Word Spoken Is because we literally <laughs> Never spoke to each other <laughs> so That is hilarious.
0: That is a funny tidbit And like Having Jer- Jared on here before And talking to him He's He's a talkative motherfucker You know So oh, yeah, I'm, sur- I'm really surprised um, that, that it worked It shook out that way um,
2: And it's weird because Like he knows Exactly what He wants and you know, like juggling two bands, people are like, oh my God, how do you do it? You must be exhausted. Right. But like Crazy88 is his baby. Yeah. So it kind of takes a little bit of the of the creative off my oh, shoulders. Totally. Yeah, totally. I so get that. it it works out perfectly. Like he and our visions are pretty much ninety-nine percent the same like fright frighteningly the same so we would have these ideas and they would be exactly aligned so i i kind of gained that trust with him because i was like wow like we're pretty much on the same page for everything so i have no reason to to stress about this project so it was just came together. That's
0: cool. But I think that that also teaches you something about yourself too, right? Like when you, when you're working with somebody that, you know, is talented and, and works well, and then you're working on something and you both come to the same conclusion, it's like, okay, then, then maybe like, I do have a little bit of, you know, maybe I am pretty good at this, you know, (laughs) I I think there's something there too.
2: Yeah. And it was, the process was just very affirming, at least for me, like, just doing something a little bit different than I had been doing, like making nostalgic, uh, you know, post-hardcore music, a like kind of contrasting what Red Handed is all about, which is more like progressive and metal and and metalcore influences. So it was it was like okay, I can also do this as well. So it was a great learning experience for sure. Totally.
0: Totally. Well, I think this, the crazy eighty eight stuff is very, um, very creative though. Still, I I think it's like really great. Uh, I think the the full length record is, is really, really awesome. And, um, so I guess let's talk about that. I mean, you, you put out the record, it's, it's been out now for about a month and a half and, um, it's long. It's got a lot of songs on Very it. Very long.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, now, how how did you, did you do that the same way? Did, was that just um the same method as you did with the EPs? Like just send, send Lauren the vocals and she's going to do it. Or was it, was there more in-person uh, uh, meeting and stuff with that? Cause I feel that like that's was, a much yeah. bigger undertaking.
2: Oh my gosh. It was huge. So um, that one was more in-person and I think the Kickstarter campaign really right facilitated. And over that. fifty
0: thousand dollars you raised for it, right?
2: Yeah. And honestly, awesome. like that alone was like I was sw- like sweating buckets over it. I'm like, Jared, oh my God, like are we gonna do this? And it came really close, but it actually miraculously made it. Um and that allowed us to to do things in person. So Jared kind of did the bulk of the legwork instrumentally and he would go to Ohio to track all like guitars and bass with Johnny Frank who yeah. did all the engineering, who you should also have on the show. Like he's actually like amazing. I don't know if you have. No, I
0: haven't. I, mean, I, I, he, I, I know him like from Attack Attack, right? That was his, yeah. Yeah. his project back in the day, right?
2: Yeah. And he's like, honestly, a fantastic producer. He, he has a really good ear. And so Jared would go there and track everything and... He, he got the instrumentals to about like 90% um, finalized. So um, I went to Ohio in July and kind of expecting uh, Jared to have done a little bit more of the, you know, vocal writing. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he was like, it's fine, Lauren, it's fine. So I kind of went to Ohio and he's like, okay, listen. So I have about fifteen percent of this written, so fifteen one five yeah, one five, oh. so we're gonna have to to just grind it out, and I was like, oh okay, so I like I did a little bit more of the writing on the record than I thought, which was amazing, like I was very sure. happy to contribute that way, and so basically we would write and finalize the vocals of the song that I would track the next day. So it was 10 days of just 24 seven writing vocals and melodies and finalizing. So we lived, we lived in it for 10 days and it was like amazingly brutal. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was crazy. And like, you know, when you're tracking vocals and, and singing, generally, like, you want to have practiced it beforehand and kind of digested it in your brain. But it was just write it and go. You know, so, I, yeah. I,
0: I totally get that. And I'm sure some musicians listening to this are going like, oh, my God, I can't believe you went through that. But <laughs> I honestly think sometimes the best shit I've done has been like that. Like where I've written it, where I've written it the night before, or I've written it like, you know, something like that, like a day before, knowing that I have to finish it or I have to track it because it makes it more real. It does. Like like there's because if I were to write a song now and be like, oh, I don't know, I'm I'm," like, it's going to come out at some point. Like, am I really going to be have the same sort of level of attention to the details like i'm not sure i would and and a lot of times you'll write something at least this is just me but you'll write something and it'll be like okay well yeah like first line's good second line's like good third line i don't know i'm gonna keep it for now i'll change it later but then like down the road you just end up kind of not changing it later like you get used to it even though in the first place you were never that stoked on it And because you figured you'd have more time later to do it, then you never changed it. And now you have sort of a mediocre vocal um, (laughs) lyric or something, you know, where it's like, all right, I got to do this tomorrow for real. Then every line, every single little thing has to be, you know, perfect, like under a microscope.
2: Yeah, I think the pressure really helps. And in this case, it was very beneficial for what we did. And and some songs just just happened so quickly. Like I think Tears and Rain was one that we, we literally did that in less than an hour and, yeah. and everything we did, it was like, yes, yes, that's amazing. Yes. And sometimes songs just happen that way. Like they just come together so quickly and, and it just works and a lot of the record was that and I you know I think Jared had a lot of the ideas kind of in his mind palace but (laughs) but didn't really like lay them down to pen to paper I guess and and he was kind of he kind of wanted my my input because I think like vocalists should have um contributions to their own parts because it it kind of naturally is beneficial when it comes from your own brain and then the voice will just follow I find
0: yeah I, I'd agree with that sure
2: yeah and and yeah the vocals just came together and awesome. under pressure and under fire it was it was crazy
0: do you have a favorite track from uh, the record
2: i I have a few I think I think the one that is not the fan favorite but is one of my favorites is Ian Hates Gretchen. Okay. Um, simply because like I do things on that song that I've never done anywhere else. Like the gospel thing at the beginning.
0: Right, um, right, right.
2: And you know the the new metal style like Fred Durst <laughs> section in the middle like it and when we were writing that one, that was one we were actually very stuck on and we're just like wow, this is going to be shit. <laughs> like like everything we wrote was like, no, we can't do that. And and then it was we we just came up with the idea of like what what if we put gospel inspired vocals at the beginning? Okay, that kind of works. Let's what an idea to
0: come up with. Who just all of a sudden comes up with that? That's yeah, what a that's a very cool idea. Very cool yeah, idea. No, I, I, I thought listening through the record, I thought um nitroglycerin was a banger.
2: Oh, we knew that one was going to be a single. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah.
0: No, I can I can tell that one is that one hits real hard. I really like that one.
2: Oh, and and that bass at the beginning, yeah, I, I yeah. was just like, "Yo, this is going to be sick." And we knew even before the vocals were even written that the structure was just like screaming for a single. Like,
0: yeah, isn't that funny so, how, yeah. how that happens? How you can somehow know, and maybe that's like like how you're talking about Jared's mind palace and how you know he 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 like had an idea of what to do but he never laid it down but somehow you were all able to understand what it was going to do it's like i think that kind of falls in line with that idea of just hearing music you almost know what could be a single even mm-hmm. though there's no vocals on it you just kind of know what the vocals are going to do as a group it's weird right how that can happen
2: yeah and and especially with us um we just worked together so well off the bat and like I said like it's a little scary like you never know like who who you're really working with especially when you meet them from the internet it's it's a little different when yeah. you when you like start a band with your friends like it's your friend but um it was a little scary how well and how like seamless everything happened.
0: Awesome. So Well, yeah. well you guys made, you guys made an amazing record and you should be very proud. Thank um, you. So what else, what else is going on? I mean, I guess like if, you know, red handed Denials not touring. Um, Crazy 88 isn't touring yet. What, what kind of occupies your days? What do you, uh, what do you kind of do?
2: So like a lot of, well, first off, like on kind of, I, I also teach, in high schools so that's also a thing you're a high school teacher yeah so i'm i do substitute teaching okay and um and last year i knew that like a lot wasn't going on like touring wise so i took a full year contract at a high school so i was working with um special education students so students with like asperger's and autism and uh, learning disabilities, So that's kind of my other passion, if you absolutely. will.
0: Absolutely. Like that's teaching.
2: amazing. And I'm also qualified to teach vocals in high school. So I've, I've done a little bit of that. Um, so that's kind of what I do if, if, uh, if you know, the day is, is not for music. I'll just, I'll take a job at a high school yeah, and, absolutely. and do that. So I, I love working with, uh, with kids and, and young people one of my passions for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, you, you do teach lessons. Uh, I see you have a website, Lauren, I think it's yeah. Lauren and, uh, you can, you actually teach people too, if they, if they're interested in that, is that something that you get a lot of people hitting you up about? Cause I imagine once they hear you sing, they, they want to be like, Oh my God, how does she do that?
2: Yeah. And I, I do do the Skype lesson thing. It's a little bit more difficult on Skype cause you never know like what what microphone they have on their end. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do, I do that as well. And, and, you know, if we tour, sometimes I'll do like the, the lessons on tour. And I, I think like teaching is so interwoven with, with my, my love for music. And, you know, when I'm old and gray, I think the dream is to kind of bring my love for music and, and my experiences from that to teaching young people. And Absolutely. inspiring them in that way to pursue music because I think a lot of a lot of young people now are very discouraged by the by the landscape of, of the industry right now because it's it's very difficult I think to get yourself out there and get yourself seen.
0: Well, there's it, it's funny, right? Because it's it's easier than it's ever been because you know literally you can upload something and anyone yeah. in the world can watch it. However having, the problem is there's way too much out there now. Yeah. It's right? oversaturated. Exactly.
2: And you know, you, you have this ease of access, but everyone is using it. So how, how do you make yourself stand out? And that's, that's something that I would love to, to build on and, and, you know, maybe do some seminars in, in some schools to ha- like how to grow your brand and how to grow sure. your business um how to start cuz a lot of people don't know where to start and it's it's like a very overwhelming task
0: yeah tell me about it i know i'm i'm lucky i got in before all this shit got crazy <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah you <know>. sometimes
2: i <laughs> wish like like i could have been around during the days where like you play shows you meet people you tour and send your your CD demo to whoever and then they share that and then you get a record deal. Like yeah. I, I wish I almost wish I was around during that time. Cause it, you know, I've, I've been doing music independently. I've like, I've never been signed to any label with any project I've done. And it's like a blessing and a curse because right. yeah. like if you're an independent artist, it's like, yes, you have control and ownership over everything you do, but how are people going to take you seriously? It's like, oh, you're not on a label. So why am I even going to look twice at you kind of thing? And it's it's such a weird, it's like a double-edged sword right now.
0: Totally, except, you know, you're working with people like somebody like Patty, who obviously is on a label, has been on labels, you know, and and like there's a level of, I think, you know, you're getting going to be taken seriously based on those relationships you have. And I think that people would be like, well, you know what, like this day and age, maybe you don't need that. You know, my, I my band, so, yeah. my band just put out, we put out a record today, our first independent release we've ever put out. Actually, since our yeah, first, you put Redux since our first, out. yeah, it's called Redux. So it's just re-recorded, you know, versions of our old songs. But, you know, we, we sat down and we wanted to do this, you know, give our, give our songs a little bit of an update. And it was like, okay, well, I guess we could hit up the labels and put it out, but What's the point, right? Like right. just just do it ourselves and and these days, you know, what a label's going to do um f- in a lot of cases isn't really going to translate, you know, to that much more on this scale unless you're talking about trying to get, you know, something on the radio or right. something like that and, and you know, and that stuff's always difficult anyway. So, I think the games changed, the world's changed and uh uh, I don't know. I I think there's there's a lot of reasons not to sign to labels. So
2: for sure, and and at least with Red Handed, like we've been approached before, and we we just found that it was it was totally feasible for us to to do things independently, and and then we got like the booking agent, we got the manager, and and yeah. that's really, I think that's really all you need. As long as you have like a a team that is willing to work. And willing to work together, I think things are totally feasible without a label. And And I don't think I would ever sign anything to a label unless it was like that golden deal kind of thing. But that doesn't really happen anymore because I think it's labels rare, are struggling. Yeah. Like Labels are struggling right now because the independent artist is kind of becoming a thing, I think. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, some in some ways the music industry is doing really well again, you know, cuz the streaming model is, has has really worked yeah. in a lot of cases. But you are right though that I mean, it's it, I mean, it'll never be it'll never be 1999 again, you know. That's right. That's definitely true.
2: But like vinyls are coming back. Like vinyls are Vinyl. actually back. Oh, vinyl's back. Vinyl's been it's back, like but oh, yeah, yeah, it's It's super back.
0: It's super back. <laughs> it's super Which is back. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, like well, we, the, the worst we is that cassettes are back. I don't they know who totally the bad. hell wants to listen to a cassette. I hated I cassettes back listen. then, and I hate cassettes now. They're terrible.
2: Like, who's going to, like, I understand the novelty, but how the heck are you going to listen to it? Like, what store sells, I mean, we sell, like, they sell the turntables and stuff, but, like, who sells cassette?
0: I, I don't even they, know what it's I called. I think they sell like a well. I think they sell like Walkmans at like Urban Outfitters. Do they? Now. I think. Do so. Do they really? I think so.
2: Oh my god! I'm gonna have to actually go look at that I, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I curious.
0: Mean, I mean, I'm sure like you know, if you go up to uh, Saint Clair and Dufferin, there's probably like a pawn shop or something up there that has like a shitload of VCRs and cassette players and everything.
2: Like the the yellow Sony walkmans that they i don't know if
0: they still like they're that kind like the yellow sony sport walkmans <laughs> i don't think they sell those ones at urban outfitters but i think they sell like a cassette player you know that oh you know God. opens up and yeah you know i hated That's those things straight. i hated those things oh <laughs> anyway um so what advice would you give for somebody you know uh, i guess or maybe what's the most common advice that you give to someone that you're teaching a lesson to about, um, either singing or screaming?
2: Um, a lot of people that I, I kind of do the lesson thing with a lot of it is confidence. And that's like kind of the first bridge that they have to cross is like, how do I feel comfortable sharing this with people? And, and a lot of the lesson, a lot of the times is just us chatting because, it's hard. Like if, if you're, if you've never done this in front of anyone before, it it can be very vulnerable. So it's like the, the whole confidence thing and the, the, the mental hurdle that you have to jump over is, is definitely the first thing I address with, with new singers is just getting comfortable with yourself to share your voice with others. Like that's, That's the the first thing I usually do with with my students.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Because it can, especially if if you're wanting to do like recording, like that's a whole other vulnerability. So like live and studio are totally different, like in my opinion. And those are two skills that a lot of people don't, like a lot of new vocalists don't really know how to, sort of adjust to so it's a lot of a lot of it's like chats and in, in the lessons that i do
0: yeah of course of course so yeah. much of it is that all right cool so what, what else is going on um there's a new red-handed denial single clockwork yeah it is out now people can check that out uh what else can people you know kind of expect what's what else is coming up from uh the the wild world of uh, lauren babbage
2: um well the red-handed record comes out on march 29th and that's another 14 song record and And i know like it's it's been a lot (laughs) so like burning alive has 14 songs and then you you know you follow it up with your other band with another 14 songs so um it's uh it's a very heavy album um it's a concept record as well so it um it's kind of the second half to the e p that we released in twenty sixteen, which was called wanderer
0: so what's the basis of the concept if you
2: can explain it quickly yeah so i'm I'm really inspired by like anti heroes and and redemption stories, which is why our new record's called Redeemer mm-hmm. not to like not to copy norma Jean or anything right i love but i love i I love them, but it was like the only word that could sum up exactly what this record was and you know I play video games like I play I love first person story games so you know Red Dead Redemption and God of War and those are stories of characters that due to circumstance due to circumstances like they've had to do really terrible things and and the record is kind of about a person that um over time has done really terrible things and has become desensitized um kind of like breaking bad so uh, have you seen breaking bad like it's a very much it's very much like a walter white story so you know there's there's been theories of like is walter white evil is he is he good is he did he start good but turn evil so the record's kind of about this anti-hero that um, has sort of declined into this world of of madness and eventually murder. And um, due to his um, like madness, he he meets his untimely death. And that that's like the Wander EP. So Redeemer kind of follows it up um, as the antihero dies, and he sort of comes back as a as a spirit and he has to find his way through the underworld. So So, that's, that's the record.
0: So when you're writing stuff like that, obviously that's, you're telling a story. Um, you know, it's not really from your own personal experience or is it in a way that you kind of insert some of your own personal experience into it?
2: Oh, a hundred percent. Like every song like is, is pretty much inspired by personal experience, whether it's been something I've experienced with like mental health or um, something, someone that I knew experiencing something like this. So um, for example, clockwork, which was the single that we put out. um, That one's about um, just the state of our world and how um, we've kind of become our own destructive. We've kind of been self-destructing a little bit. So we kind of feed off of this, like, violent and, and I, don't, I wouldn't say masochistic, but um, just the state of our social media, like, especially what's happening in the States right now. Everyone would rather see each other burn than work together. Yeah. And that's pretty much what clockwork is about. And it's, it's just my anger and, and despair about the situation. And that's what clockwork is, but it's also very relevant to the story. So, so like a lot of the songs are very like influenced by things around me. Cool. Yeah. So it's been like crazy experience writing a a 14 song concept record. Yeah, it's
0: (laughs) uh, definitely, that's a lot to, uh, to do, especially when you just wrote one, you know, uh, just put one out like (laughs) a month and a half ago. So March 29th, the record is out. And uh, lots of other things for people to digest if they're uh, so inclined. You're still doing some YouTube stuff and some YouTube covers and yeah. uh, everything else. So um, does that about cover it?
2: That about covers it. Um, I think we did the thing. I think we did the thing. I guess the only other thing I could say is that I'm probably going to put out a little solo EP later in the year, hopefully. Okay. Something totally different. So is that going to be? Gonna, is it going
0: to be something a little less metal? Is that safe to say? I think
2: it's going to be totally pop. Totally I think it's
0: pop. Be, okay.
2: Yeah. Like I've been kind of feeling lately. Uh, like I'm a huge, you know, Bruno Mars fan. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, fan of like jazz fusion. So so like some of the tracks that I've kind of been working on are very like funky, and some of them are really vibey, kind of like the weekend style. Um so yeah awesome. that's probably going to happen later this there year. There you go.
0: So even more no even rest more. no rest for the wicked. Well, well Lauren, thank you so much for jumping on and talking to me and uh all the best with everything.
2: Thank you so much. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the show by the way.
0: Thank you, well, thank you for I've listened uh, to
2: it all the time.
0: I'm I'm happy to have you on. That's awesome. Thank you. All right, I'll talk to you later. See ya. Okay, see ya. So there it is with Lauren that was cool, huh? She's up to so much awesome stuff. I love that she's teaching high school. Like, do her students know how cool she is? That rules. I want to thank her. I want to thank Jared Alangi also just for, just for coming on the program, chatting about this project and others. If you're not a member of the Weed Singer Syndrome All Access Club and you want to hear that conversation with Jared Alangi, well, you got to join. a month gets you in. It gets you a bunch of swag, a bunch of great stuff, more access to me, more access to a great community of like-minded people and other fans of the show. So check it out, com slash all access, and also make sure you guys check out Red Handed Denial, her other band as well, doing awesome stuff. Straight out of T.O., sorry, The Six, whatever we're calling it these days, I love it. All right, before I go and leave you with a tune, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. All the other episodes you might have listened to, all that support means so much. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever you're listening to this on. Tell a friend, tell a loved one. Join the All Access Club. All that stuff really helps me keep this show going. I gotta play this banger This is my pick I know there's other great Crazy 88 songs Check out their new record It really is awesome all the way through But I'm gonna play this one It's called Nitroglycerin Here it is I'm lead singer Sidrid. Peace and love See you next time